Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated this morning. Ushers can come right away. Today is going to be a different kind of a service. It's going to be a special service. I am very, very privileged to be standing behind this pulpit this morning. And so I'm very excited about what God has for us. I have prayed for several days, including this morning. God, empty me as your vessel. Use me for your word and your vision and your direction for the church. And so I came in this morning preparing for our business meeting. Heavy, but in a good way. And I want to share with you today what God has brought to abundant life. Jesus' name, Lord, we're so thankful in God for your presence today. I pray, Lord, a special blessing upon every soul that stepped into this house. Bless our church, Lord God. We're looking to you for direction, for guidance, Lord, for your will and your way in our lives. And I pray today that you help us to understand a little bit more about it. Give me the words, Lord, as your vessel. Take my flesh and my mind out of it, Lord God, and be completely through me. And we'll give you the thanks and the praise as we, you bless this offering for the furtherance of your kingdom, God, and for those who have and have not, Lord Jesus. We give it to you. We give it to you, Lord, in worship and praise. In Jesus' name. So just a quick agenda for today. I know we're a little bit long. The business meeting went long this morning. Thank you, everybody who attended the business meeting this morning. Uh, we've reelected Brother Michael Kiley as a trustee for uh, the trustee board this morning. And then uh, Brother Ron Matucci was elected uh, for first year this year onto the second seat. And then we also bid a huge uh, thank you and an honor to Brother Cliff Matson for his many, many years of service on the trustee board and the wonderful work that he's done. I've served side by side with him for the last eight years on the trustee board and I can tell you that aside from a little bit of rabbit chasing and a lot of hilarity, uh, every bit of his heart was in the benefit and the furtherance of abundant life. And uh, it will continue to be because I'm calling him to a new role and, uh, and so he'll be working with me more here in the future. So uh, that being said, so today we're going to dive right in. This is going to be a bit more of an extended business meeting, I suppose, than it is a service. And so hang in there. I know that doesn't sound super exciting. Uh, we're not going to have an insurance seminar or anything. We are going to be talking about the things of God. So um, it will be a bit more of a business meeting. Um, just because of who I am and how, how excited and fired I am up about what God is doing, I might preach a little bit of it. I don't know. I'm just going to try to follow what God's got for me today. So we're going to go right on through that. We're going to clip pretty quickly. Uh, we won't have time, unfortunately, for a Q&A session. But we do have our luncheon and social is all set up in the gymnasium for you. So we've got Jimmy John subs back there and lots of folks, including myself, brought wonderful yummy sides and good things. So uh, we certainly invite everybody, everybody, come back, socialize, have some food, have some time. Good old-fashioned church luncheon, social picnic, cotillion, get-together, whatever we want to call it, and uh, enjoy the day. So if you could turn with me in your Bibles, I am going to share... This bit of scripture with you today, I probably won't have a lot. I might bring some to memory, but I won't reference them beyond just speaking them. But this scripture I wanted to share with you today. And again, I want to say I am incredibly, incredibly honored 
and privileged to be able to stand up here today and share this with you. This is no light matter. It is a wonderful opportunity and God has been moving incredibly amongst our leaders, our trustee board, our pastors. We have put many, many, many months of work and prayer and fasting and dedication into what we're about to share with you today. And um, I'm very excited about that. Exodus chapter 18. Starting at verse 17, it says this. And Moses' father-in-law said unto him, The thing that thou doest is not good. Thou wilt surely wear away both thou and this people that is with thee, for the thing that is too, this thing is too heavy for thee. Thou art not able to perform it thyself alone. So the setting here is Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, pulls him aside because Moses is sitting and waiting and there's hundreds and hundreds of Israelites standing around him in line waiting to come to Moses and figure out what to do and figure out what they're supposed to do and to judge matters and you'll hear about that shortly. And, and Moses was this one guy, this one man, the greatest leader in scripture in my, in my view beyond Jesus, of course, the greatest leader, and so he's sitting there and he's taking all of these matters, small matters and big matters, and all these different things are coming through, through Moses. And Jethro says to him, You've got to, what you're doing is not good. You are going to wear away. It's too great. And not only is it going to wear you away, but it's going to wear away the people that you're working with. They're going to get short. It's not going to be effective is what he's saying. You can't be effective as just one man for what God is going to do with the kingdom of Israel. See, Moses was handling the deal the way it was. He was doing okay. But somehow Jethro knew, he understood that God was going to be doing some greater things. God was going to be doing greater things with Israel. There was much to come that required that Moses have help. Verse 19 says, Hearken now unto my voice, I will give thee counsel, and God shall be with thee. Be thou for the people to Godward. What he's saying is, is Moses, you got to do the God things. you got to be the handling the stuff that's kind of up here. They're relying on you to talk to God and deal with him. Get your direction from God. Get what you need from God for the people of Israel. That thou mayest bring the causes unto God, he says in verse 19. Verse 20, he says, and thou shalt teach them ordinances and laws, and thou show them the way wherein they must walk and the work that they must do. This is the role of a senior pastor. This is what God has called senior pastors to do in great part. We've got to teach you the ordinances and laws. We've got to share with you what the word of God has said. You've heard me say before, if it's between the two black covers, we're going to keep preaching it. You're going to hear all of it. And thou shalt show them the way in there they must walk. Folks, there's a lot of ways out there to be walking right now. The world is a mess. There's a lot of bad things that are going. But I know this. Where sin abounds, grace does that much more abound. But it's our job as pastors to show you the ways that you can walk, the ordinances that you need to know, and the work that you must do. Moreover, thou shalt provide out of all the people able men, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such over them to be rulers of thousands, and rulers of hundreds, 
and rulers of fifties and rulers of tens. See, the next role that he had for Moses was to begin to raise up his leaders and appoint them because Moses can't be the leader of tens and hundreds of thousands, not effectively. I cannot effectively be that leader over that many people standing in line for every issue, small and great. I would love to be. I would be wonderful. Brother Kylie is far, far more talented in that area than I am or ever will be. Vastly more able than I am. But see, God knows, and Brother Kylie and I know, that what we have here right now is just like what Jethro was pointing out. It's not going to stay this way. Can I get a couple more of those? It's not going to stay this way. God is doing a work right now in the churches, in this district, in this section. I speak to them almost weekly. It's not just here. Does anybody feel it? Does anybody feel what God is doing? Amen. Yes. God's raising something up in our people. He's raising something up in the churches. If you've been to midwinter camp, if you've been to some of our conferences, and I talk to these pastors and they're saying, yep, it's happening here too. Yep, it's happening at our church too. So we're not talking about necessarily just today. We're talking about what God's about to do. Verse 22 says, And let them judge the people at all seasons, and it shall be that every great matter they shall bring unto thee, Moses, but every small matter that they shall judge. See, these leaders, these leaders, it's their job that Jethro's saying. It should be the job of the leaders. These great matters, they're going to have to take that person and they're going to have to bring them to Moses and say, okay, we got a big issue here, Moses. We need your counsel. We need your leadership. But those leaders are going to be empowered and they should be empowered with the ability to handle the smaller matters. Isn't that amazing? And so shall it be easier for thyself, and they shall bear the burden with thee. Galatians 6 and 10. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Verse 23 says, If thou shalt do this thing, and, command, and God command thee so, then thou shalt be able to endure, and all this people shall also go to their place in peace. You know what that says to me? Not only am I going to be able to last I'm going to be able to take it for a while. But because of that, the people will go in the right direction. That place of peace we're all looking for. Verse 24. So Moses hearkened to the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he had said. And Moses chose able men out of all of Israel and made them heads over the people, rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. And they judged the people at all seasons, the hard causes they brought unto Moses, but every small matter they judged themselves. And Moses let his father-in-law depart and went his way into his own land. I want you to know that that scripture was read to me just a few days ago. I hadn't read it for quite a while. I'm in my, my bread stuff I'm doing is in New Testament. I'm, I'm all in the epistles right now. And so I haven't read Exodus for a while. And I'm aware of that scripture. But as that scripture was being read to me, someone came to me and said, Brother Cordell, you, you got to hear this. We read this in our bread this morning. This is exactly what you're doing. This is exactly what you're, you're setting up. They knew what I'm going to roll out with you today. They're in leadership, and, and they understood what I'm about to share with you today, and they said, this is what you're doing. And as they were reading it to me, I felt an anointing, and I was like, my goodness, it was just feeding my soul because I thought somehow, some way, 
this goofball who's just trying to find his way through life stumbled on the will of God. Brother Kylie, will you come up here? Before I dive into this, I felt this this morning in prayer. I told you I was a little heavy. (laughs) So I'm going to try to maintain my composure. 20 years ago this month, my wife and I walked into this building for the first time. February of 1999. This July, I'm going to be 49 years old. The exact same age that Brother Kylie was the day that we walked into this service. He's become my best friend from that point moving forward. He's been a father figure to me. He's been a leader. He's helped my family through some of the toughest challenges that we've ever faced. And he's my best friend. And it's because of him I'm standing here today. And he's honored me with the opportunity to share with what God has given me in this vision. And I sat down with him in a meeting together. We sat down. I had such a hard time. The idea of succeeding this man in September is incredibly heavy. I don't know how I'm going to do it except with his support and with God. But I had such a hard time beginning to express a vision and I sat down with him and I said, Brother Kylie, this is so difficult because I honor and revere him so much. Sister Kylie is like a mom to me. Michael's been my brother forever, except when he was beating me up in basketball. But I said to him, I need your permission to move forward with this, to share this, to take on this vision and to seek what God's got for me because I can't do it. I can't do it without him. And knowing that he understands what God has put in my heart. And he looked across the table without a hesitation and he said, Brother Cordell, you have my permission. And the mantle began to pass. It's not all the way, just a little bit. But the mantle began to pass. And so I began a season of fasting and prayer, seeking what God's vision was, so that I could bring this to you today. And I'm very, very proud and very, very honored and humbled to stand with my best bud. He ain't going anywhere. And I want you to understand that in September, Brother Kylie becomes our bishop. We need to recognize him as such. He'll be our pastor emeritus, but he's our bishop. And he's my mentor. And he's my friend. And he ain't going nowhere. That's right. Thank you. I want this congregation to know that the vision, you can be seated, that the vision that you are about to witness 
has my 100% cooperation and approval. And as we discussed in the business meeting, I'm here, the roles will reverse. He has supported me for 20 years. Maybe I'll get to support him for, 50, we'll see. 50. <laughs> 50. But one of the things I mentioned at the board meeting, and I promise I'll sit down after this, is that if you really love and appreciate your pastor, then you really appreciate and respect his recommendation, which you did in an election, and now you should do in developing and bringing this vision to pass. You need to support him, not just God and I, and it needs to be all of us. Can I get an amen? I'm not sorry for what I had to say. I'm just sorry for blubbering like a baby. But God just put that on my heart this morning and I, I thought I can't move any further until you know exactly how I feel about, about my pastor and, and where we're going. So I'll try to lighten the mood just a little bit. Um, you can see our, our first slide is up there. This is our mission and vision launch service. And so what does that mean? Essentially, it has been put to me as the, the senior pastor to come that the word of God says that without a vision, the people perish. And I want you to understand that the vision that I'm carrying on and what I believe that God has given me is really merely just an extension. It's a continuation. It's a furtherance of what your senior pastor started in this work 40 years ago. I want you to understand what a tremendous value that is and, and how incredibly important that is. There are not many men in this district that can say that they founded a church and, and proceeded forward and conducted that work for 40 years. We have a tremendous legacy here. Multiple pastors that have passed through this place that Brother Kylie personally mentored and brought up over the years. And so the weight of that is, okay, God, where do we take this from here? You've heard me say many times, the pillars of fire and cloud are moving down the road. God's got new vision for us. And so as I began to seek God, I understood that what God was doing was working with me personally in terms of my abilities, my capabilities, the way my mind worked. And so having come from the secular world, having managed many people, sometimes 20, 25 individuals over time, hiring and firing and, and managing and taking care of problems, God said there's a certain way that you operate, there's a certain way that you think, and the way that you will conduct yourself moving forward. And so when I read that scripture, or when it was read to me in, in Exodus, I said, my goodness, that's, that's exactly me. I will wear out. You'll never hear that come from Brother Kylie. <laughs> he just keeps on going, keeps on going. But God knows me, and so this is, this is the direction that I began to, 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 to go. And so I sat down, and I started to sketch out a picture, and God gave me a vision of the church from the east to the west, the picture of the church as it is. And what I began to recognize is that, that I need leaders. I need to appoint leaders. I need a structure that I can rely on, that I can count on, that can take on this larger role that we're about to see as we're moving forward. And so in this vision, God gives me a picture of the church from east to west, and he begins to define and say, there are areas of impact that we're going to have on guests and visitors and people that we're ministering to, right? So for example... As we go to, uh, let me, let me, I'm getting ahead of myself here, I apologize, I'm very excited. Let me take a step back. I have that picture in my mind, but I needed to understand how can we simplify the message, how can we get a message direct, what, what is it that God wants us to say and communicate to our community, because we're going to take this thing outside the walls, amen? amen? 
We've, we've got some phenomenal foundation. We've done some great works over the years. We've got some outreach efforts. We've walked the streets. We've done all these great things. Brother Kylie's been working, and Sister Kylie, for 40 years, working all these ways, bringing people in. And the church has grown and sent people on into ministry and so forth. And so we began to look at a, a true ministry message that we can give to the, to, the, uh, to the world around us. Now, Brother Soto, many of you know Brother Soto has come in, and he, he had been a mentor through us for the Jonathan Project, and we've got that up and going. The, the second generation of Jonathan Project just kicked off, thanks to Brother Marty, who's here today somewhere. Brother Marty, where? There he is back there. And, uh, and we're very excited about that. So the next generation of Jonathan Project is on its way. And you're going to learn more about what that first generation of Jonathan Project guys are doing because some of them are going to be on the stage this morning. And so I began to think of, of this mission and, and Brother, Brother Soto said, you know, we have a very simple message in our church. It's just, it's just very direct and it's, everyone can get a hold of it and everybody knows what it is and it's become the culture of the church. And he said, we have a mission and our mission is simply no, grow, show. And what that means is, is that we're going to work on knowing Jesus, growing in Jesus, and showing Jesus. And I thought, wow, that's really awesome. That's, that's terrific. And it's a, it's a great model. And so some of his ministries are called no ministries. Some of his ministries are called grow ministries and so on. And so what that's allowed to do is it's created an identity and a culture in the church. So as they're receiving new people and, and they're reaching the community, they share this with them and it's very direct and it's easy to understand. And it just gives people a really good concept of what they're really all about. And I thought about it for a little while, and I thought, well, that's, that's pretty neat. And, and so I began to, to seek God about that. But I started to think about the origin and the foundation of, of, of what this church is. Well, I can tell you the first thing that I know about Brother Kylie is that he is passionate, passionate, passionate about Bible studies. As a matter of fact, as a very young man, I approached him and I said, Brother Kylie, I want to learn how to reach people. I, I'm, I'm just so desperate to want to be effective in the kingdom. He said, come over to my house. I'm teaching a Bible study, and you can sit in, and I'm going to teach you how to do it. And he mentored me personally in how to structure and form and, and teach and do notes. I have all the original notes that he gave me. It's the first time I ever tasted monkey bread. Thank, thank you, Sister Kylie. <laughs> and we taught a Bible study. And so he taught some, and I took notes, and I observed. And then he came to me one day, and he said, Brother Cordell, you're going to teach the next one. And, of course, I became terrified. And I said, okay, I'll give it my best shot. And I was probably a horrible wreck. But at the end of the day, he worked with me in it. We sort of co-taught that. And then by the end of the Bible study, I think I finished off the last couple of lessons. And, and away I went. And it was wonderful. And so I know that Brother Kylie's model really starts with learning about Jesus. And so I thought, why shouldn't that be a part of our new mission statement? Now, we know that graphically, visually, visuals actually impact people more. There's more of a memorable effect to that. And so I went to Brother Ron Matucci and I said, Brother Ron, here's a horrible stick figure that I drew. I'd like to, I'd like to come up with a logo that represents learning about Jesus. And, and, and my stick figure turned into that cool little graphic. And I thought, well, that's awesome. But there's more to it. If there's anything Brother Kylie really taught me, it was that the focus on discipleship or living for Jesus We've got to live for him like the word of God says, right? We've got to teach people how to live for Jesus, how to live for him as the word of God says, or we're not doing our job. And so my stick figure looked like nothing like that. Um, I'm pretty sure it had arms and a head, but that's what he produced. Live for Jesus. And then finally, what is Brother Kylie and Sister Kylie really all about? 
love. I have said, if I haven't said it 2,000 times, I haven't said it ever to as many people as I know. My pastor is the greatest shepherd pastor I have ever met. He loves people greater than anybody I know. I've watched and observed him love people. I don't know anyone that exemplifies that final piece, to love Jesus and to serve others. I remember a time a number of years ago, my grandmother passed away. I was very, 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 very close to her. I loved her very much. She was literally an angel on earth. I don't know how she, she kept her identity secret, but she was an angel and a wonderful Christian woman, and she was dying of cancer. And she had approached me and asked me to, to preach her funeral. And I had no idea how I was going to get through that. And we were in the funeral home the morning of, and I'm, I'm trying to prepare and figure out how in the world I'm going to do this and, and keep things together. She's, she's lying in a casket right behind me. I can't even look at her because I just can't deal with this idea. This is in central Ohio on like a Wednesday morning, I forget. And I'm looking at my notes, and I look up, and who comes walking in? Brother and Sister Kylie. Had jumped in their car and drove all the way to central Ohio, probably seven hours plus, and attended that funeral. And then came to the burial service. And I saw him sitting in the back of the room, and I drew strength from that. That's love. That's sacrifice. You know, a mission statement doesn't have to be some big, long, crazy paragraph of all this colorful language and everything. It doesn't have to be that. We're going to communicate this to our community, that our mission statement simply is learn, live, and love. That's it. That is our mission statement. Now, in the course of this process, we really took a look at, you know, Abundant Life has had this name for a long time. I know this may unsettle a few folks, but, but we are going to change the name. I didn't tell Brother Kylie this, but I feel really strongly. You know, there's a big push out there right now to uh, take hold of earthly elements in terms of your name. And uh, I thought, you know, we should probably keep up with the times and, and make sure we don't get lost in the shuffle, right? So we've got those good words in our mission statement, but we really felt like a name change was in order. And so here's what we came up with. We're now going to be known as River Tree Root Spring Creek Leaf Life Stream Twig Reserve Lakefront Church. Our URL, excuse me, Brother Courtney, our URL for the website is now going to be rtrsclstrllfc1.org. We had to go with the one because, believe it or not, um, R-T-R-S-C-L-S-T-R-L-L-F-C was already taken in .org, .biz, and .gov. <laughs> Thank you. Well, now that I think about it, maybe we should stick with Abundant Life. That joke was a very kept secret between the Matucci's and myself for several weeks. <laughs> oh, anyway, I had to have a little fun with that. Um, no, we are certainly going to stick with that. And as I said, our mission statement. Now, we needed to come up with a vision. 
We need to, to, to create a vision statement for this as well. And I know this all sounds very corporate, but it, it's incredible when you put something like this down and you share it with people, it really does become part of the fiber and the culture of the church. I, I want each and every one of you to know that whatever ministry you're involved in and whatever you're doing, it's either gonna be a learn ministry, a live ministry, or a love ministry. And there might be some carryover between the two, but that's okay. It's gonna be learn, live, and love. And so every one of you on the tip of your tongue should be able to talk about learn, live, and love. This is what our church represents. Friend, neighbor, relative, we just want to help you learn about Jesus. We want to show you what it is to live for Jesus, what it really means, how wonderful it is to serve the king. And then we want to show you how to love, how we love, and how we love others. And we love Jesus and love like him. So our vision statement, I just took a little bit further and I thought, well, I think this is very, very simple. Our vision is encouraging every soul to learn about Jesus, live for Jesus, and love like Jesus, preparing for his soon return. That's what this is all about, right? We can't lose the fact that, the sight of the fact that what we're doing here is extremely important. This isn't just play church, right? You all know that. You understand the importance of what we're doing. And so at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, all of this pomp and circumstance and vision statements, blah, 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 it all comes down to this. Are we helping enough people find Jesus Christ before his return? And folks, I don't know how much time we have left, but it sure does feel like it's getting pretty tight. Our world is turning into paganism. We're now talking about murdering children two years after they're born. Everything they say is one way is really the opposite. Planned Parenthood is really planned killing your kid. I, 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 sorry, I don't mean to be political, but I'm just saying that it, it's getting really, really ugly out there. And I said earlier, where, grace, where, where sin abounds, grace does that much more abound. Well, where does, it, where does it abound? It abounds in what we're doing in our communities to reach people. Grace is going to be the way that we reach out and we say we want to expose you to the grace that Jesus Christ is offering you. Grace is going to abound through you and me through us, through this work, through this building, and through your ministries, and out there, outside these walls. That's where it's going to abound. I really want to become known in our community as the outreach church. When we show up at things and show up at events, oh yeah, there's that outreach church. They're so big on all, they're reaching out to the community. Yep, that's what I want to be known Many of you heard a story that I told not too long ago. I think it was in a leadership retreat, and I, had, I was on Facebook, and I saw something pop up on, a, on a, one of those rummage sale feeds or whatever. I'm always looking in there for deals and stuff, just for fun. And this lady puts a post up there, and she says, my daughter and I have recently moved to the Lake Country area. Can anybody recommend a church? And I thought, well, this will be interesting. And there was multiple comments in there. And I start reading through and I, I see this church and this church and, and this one keeps coming up and they're putting comments under there. You should come to this church because they really have a great fun program and they've got an awesome youth leader and they've got this and their music is really cool and they have a Starbucks and they have this and this night and that night. And it was all this stuff and I'm looking through that. And number one, I was a little vexed because I didn't see, you should come to Abundant Life. We have the spirit of God. We have the truth. And none of that was in there, by the way. None of that was in there like, oh, there's powerful preaching or there's a wonderful move with the Spirit of God. None of that was there. It was all programs and it was all fun and you know, enjoyment and entertainment and all that stuff. And I thought, we're going to change that. We're going to take Lake Country by storm. We're going to become known in this community 
as the outreach church, the church that is willing to extend a hand to you and to welcome you in. Not to share programs. We'll have programs. We've got all that stuff. We, we, think we have things in Richmond and training and, and, and all that stuff. That's great, and we're going to have youth programs. But what I'm saying is that we're going to reach out, and we're going to reach out with the word of God, with the spirit of God, and the purpose that we're really meant for. So we began to talk about this mission and what it means in terms of what we're doing here in the church. And so with guidance from Brother Soto and, and some great teaching and training, the trustees, the, the, the pastor board and I, we got together and we started to talk about this learn, live, and love message. We can't just stop there. We just can't have a catchy phrase with some cool logos. There are places that do that, by the way. I've had People approach me and say, yeah, they've got all this fancy names for stuff, and then you go there and they just say, here, be the leader of the can drive. Here, can you lead our garbage truck uh, removal process? Here, can you be the, this thing? And they're going, can we get a Bible study? And they go, well, no, we don't really do that here, sorry. But you can be the, uh, help out in the bookstore. You see what I'm saying? They've said that to me. Well, we want to know more about the word of God. Well, we'll just, just come to church. We have baptism once a year. If you want to be part of the club, you can join in. Yeah, so we started to look at this process and there's, there's a very critical part of, of this assembly of what we're really doing. And see, what God began to speak to me about was structure and order greater than we've had before because again, not because about what we have necessarily or where we are, but I think more so about what's yet to come. And I'm gonna talk about that in just a moment. But we needed that structure and order. I needed that in order to be able to function and manage and lead God knew that I needed this, this methodology, and so we started to talk about this process. And so what you see there, and I actually have a couple, I know it's kind of hard to read some of the words, but I have a couple of posters here. You see the words alignment and movement, right? Now what that simply means is this. After you've really gotten a clarity and a focus about who you are and what your identity is, and, and specifically what you're doing. So there's no confusion and the people are not, not misunderstanding what the church is doing and where they're supposed to go and all that thing type of thing. You create what's called alignment and movement. And alignment simply says this. It says that all of the things that you're doing within the church should really be aligned together. They should be connected, right? We don't want any types of scenarios where there's ministries off by themselves, uh, Brother Soto call them silos. It's a natural thing that happens, by the way. It's not anything bad. It's just that things kind of tend to gravitate apart. And so we have these islands. The youth ministry, for example, is kind of an island. How many of you stopped into youth class in the last six months? Brother Kylie, myself, right? See, now it's just natural. Those are things that happen like that. But see, when you align those ministries with your mission and your vision and your purpose so that everybody understands, here's what we're really doing this for. This is what our purpose is. Live, learn, live, and love, right? Our things should be focused on that because we have to start being more outreach focused, more outside these walls focused than we've ever been before. We have a lost and dying world surrounding us in this community and they need abundant life to reach out to them. And we're gonna do it with learn, live, and love. So if every ministry understands that this is the message and they understand that this is the mission and the vision and the purpose, we can align them. See, if your car tires on your car get horribly out of alignment, the car will still go down the road, right? It'll still function. It'll kind of go like this. But eventually you'll shred the tires or you wreck the alignment and then you're in some serious trouble and the car may not be able to go anymore. 
And so alignment is critical. And so for the next several months, we're really going to focus on the ministries that we have in place, what we're doing right now, fine-tuning those things, bringing resources. I'm going to talk to you about the leaders that we've raised up and appointed here in just a moment. And so we want to align things. So what that means is, is we're not going to start a lot of new ministries. We're not going to go off on a lot of different places. And I've had some people step up and say, hey, I've got an idea. I'd like to do this. I'd like to do that. And that's great. And, and very soon, we'll get to a place where we'll, they'll go through a process and we'll make sure that things are aligning, that it's focused in the same track. Okay? Because after alignment becomes movement. You can go back one. Yep. Okay, so what movement simply means is this. Right now, there are several people. How many people have a Bible study going on right now? I see two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay, so what movement is is simply this. It's a conscious effort. See, we have to live intentionally. We have to live with purpose and move and minister with purpose. It's great to have a Bible study, but what's the plan after that? What are we going to encourage that person to do? And so what movement says is that when you have that person in, 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 in a Bible study, there's got to be a purposeful, intended destination for that person after the Bible study, right? We've got to move them along the discipleship track because this whole thing becomes about discipleship. It becomes about reaching them but keeping them. Far too many times churches have become victim of the idea that we bring them in, we get them, we dunk them, and they're in and they're part of it. And then there's just not, just because of natural attrition and all those different things, they kind of float away. See, we operate under a completely different culture than we did 20 years ago, 30 years ago, etc. People are much more egocentric, much more focused on what's in this for me, and they want purpose. They want connection. They want to know that there's meaning to what they're doing. Why am I here? And so a discipleship track, keeping them moving through that process will get them connected to you and get them moving through. So if we have somebody in Bible study, the next step should be our foundations class, right? That's our doctrine class. That's our teaching them to live. That's an important, that's all part of that learn track there. See, each, each one of those lines up with our principle. And so you have Bible studies, dis, uh, foundations, and other discipleship. That's what movement means. And then through that, well, certainly we want, to, we want to make sure that they find a place of repentance, that obviously baptism and Holy Ghost and discovering their purpose, the next step in that track. But if we're not purposeful and intentional in teaching them that and sharing that, just like your job at work, if you're not purposely, intentionally doing for an effect or a result, it just sort of just floats out there. You see? And sometimes people lose their connection, they lose their purpose, and we don't see them anymore. I want to see them stay. Because we all got a lot more learning to do. We all got a lot more church to do. And I don't want to see people drift away anymore. Movement is critical. And so I taught the group in the leadership retreat, I talked about expectations, setting expectations with people. And do you know that people, the United States culture is actually really prone to follow rules. We really are rule followers. But if you go to a new place, you don't know the rules, you're going to rely on the people that are there to tell you what to do, right? And so if you're out in the hallway and you want to direct somebody, ushers, to the hospitality suite because we welcome all of our new guests and visitors to the hospitality suite, you simply do this. And you know what they'll do? That's it. Here's the expectation. Oh, we're supposed to go there after church? Yeah, we want you to meet the pastors. We want to make a connection. But if they're in a Bible study and there's nobody going like this, 
There's no one to tell them that they need to go to, to foundations. The expectations, oh, by the way, you finished your Bible study now. We have our foundations course. Have you signed up yet? Not, are you interested? Not, are you going to do this? Would you be interested? Would you like to? No. Have you signed up yet? Have you gotten involved with our foundations class? Well, no, I didn't know anything about it. Oh, let me show you. Let me introduce you to the leadership. You see, and so we continue to move them through that track because eventually we want them to be solid members of Abundant Life and contributing and going out and helping us reach the community and taking on learn, live, and love, right? Very simple. Does anybody have any questions? I know I said I wasn't going to do Q&A, but does that make sense for everybody? Is it clear? Okay, I want it to be clear, concise, simple. Everybody can adopt it and understand so here's some simple core church values I'd like you to take on as part of this process. Everything that we do should have an element of being guest-centric, evangelism-oriented, and outreach-minded. When things are brought to us and there's new things that come up and, and all this stuff, great ideas and great involvement, one of the first questions I'm going to ask is how does this impact outreach? See, because if the time is really short, like we all agree, do we all agree it's probably short? Okay, if the time is really short, we should have some urgency, right? We should have a sense of desperation, I believe, in some cases, because there's so many that need God. And so if we do things that are guest-centric, evangelism-oriented, and outreach-minded, wow, how can we lose if we're all on that same one mind and one accord and one thought? So does that mean we can't have uh, an event here at church that's just a get-together of some church members and stuff like that? Well, that's not guest-centric. That's not evangelism. Well, certainly. But when we talk about these events and things that we're going to do, harvest parties and, and all this stuff, it can't just be for our body. And so I'm personally going to inaugurate a process with leadership that I'm raising up that when we do these things, we're going to get out to the community. We have a map established. We have a, a whole process established for direct mailing routes around the church so that if we want to put a little five-by-seven card together and we want to invite them to a Brother Walter's marriage enrichment, we're going to actually have more faces here than just the people we see every week. Because those events have to be guest-centric, evangelism-oriented, and outreach-minded. So if something is presented to me or one of the pastors or one of the leaders and, and it's an idea or, or some process, one of the questions we may ask is how does this impact outreach? Well, Brother Cordell, I think this such and such and such should be done or, or that you go to one of the other leaders, this and this and this should be done. That question should be part of the conversation. Well, I disagree with how something, something, something. Well, how does that impact outreach? We have to make that part of the conversation every time. Okay? Next slide. So as I spoke to the leaders at the leadership retreat last November, I talked to them about these core values that I'd like to support and I'd like to bring to the table because I believe that in this new era, in this new place and where we're going to with this leadership structure, this is a really critical element. If we're going to put people in place in leadership and, and have jobs and do things in ministries that they're going to be involved in, these are going to be very critical as we move forward simply by volume of number of people. Again, it's going to be that Moses model in Exodus 18. I'm just not going to be able to meet with every single person over every single issue. It can't all flow through me. I will wear away. <laughs> I will burn out. And so by stru structuring this in such a way that we can deal with these issues, these three core values for our leadership are going to be critical. They need to be empowered. 
in order to, to conduct their ministries. And we have a whole series, by the way, Sister Matucci's been working feverishly for weeks now on a whole series of, of leadership job descriptions, expectations, and a value statement that clearly defines expectations. You know that one of the biggest conflicts, reasons that we have conflicts between one another is unmet expectations and uncommunicated expectations. It's very easy to get frustrated with somebody. Oh, that Brother Corley, he just, I, you know, because you have an expectation of me that either I don't know or I'm not meeting and I have no idea. You see, so we've got to let each other know, here's my expectations, here's what I am. And if your expectations are unfair or over the line or whatever, we've got to be willing to say that. We've got to be willing to communicate to, to one another. But what I'm trying to do to you today is I'm trying to set the expectation for what you can expect from me as the senior pastor of Abundant Life and how I'm going to review and see these ministries and how we're going to make these decisions. Now, somebody's got to make the decision, right? And so in, in the case of a senior pastor, and Brother Kylie will attest to this, he and I share this philosophy together that, that a senior pastor in a church body is a lot like a marriage. You make the decisions together. You sit down and you work these things out in equality, but somebody has to make the decision, and that decision is going to rest on my shoulders because I answer to God for that. The Bible tells us that it's the teachers that have the greater weight because they're the ones teaching, right? And so it's very important that expectations are very clear and understood, but these are good things. Expectations are just simply communicating and understanding. The second one is authority. We need to be willing to extend a level of authority to each ministry leader so that they don't have to run to the pastor every time or they don't feel totally lost or they can't make a decision or they can't support their own ministry. And so that's set down in the expectations and the job descriptions, elements of authority. And then finally, accountability. Accountability is going to be critical. And if it scares you, just understand that the greatest element of accountability is communication. That's it. We communicate. We don't avoid one another. We don't get frustrated at one another because you didn't meet my expectation or I don't like the way you're doing things and then go the other way. We don't do that. We communicate. Bible says it, right? Whether it's a good thing or whether it's ought, we need to talk to one another. We need to sit down and say, I have a real concern about this. Can you explain further? Or I, I misread a way that you behaved or something like that. We need to, to hold each other accountable to communication and then accountable to what our description says our job is. Because if we can go to work every single day, we can get up at, at 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock or whatever and get on time to work every single day at a secular job to make money, what should we be doing for the kingdom of God? And I need to be held accountable. I need to know that there's expectations that the church has for me. And believe me, folks, I'm going to make my blunders. I'm going to make my mistakes. But we've got to love one another. And I've instructed all of the leaders, everything that you do should be conducted under the fruit of the Spirit. Never be cruel to people. Never be unkind or brutal or harsh. There's no reason for that and there's no place for it in the church. Amen. I'm going to protect my leaders and my directors and my friends and my brothers and sisters fiercely against that type of behavior, both from inside and out. Because we can express in leadership love, joy, peace, long-suffering, temperance. Are you hearing me? This is an expectation I'm setting for the leadership because I know the more that people come, the more challenges we have. There's going to be those issues and those problems. We can't let ourselves go in that regard. 
So our leadership structure, I didn't put my name on this thing. I think it's pretty evident what we're doing. Saturday the, uh, the, Saturday the 7th of September is our installation service. I've committed, Brother Kylie, that the four of us are going out for pizza. Hope you guys have fun. Um, <laughs> Sister Kylie's shaking her head. I keep saying that, and they keep saying, no, we're not doing that. But by the time we reach the 7th of September, this machine is already going to be moving. As a matter of fact, parts of it are already moving very well right now, and it's underway. And I really, really appreciate all of you that have approached me, talked to me, and come up to me and said, Brother Cordell, I believe in what you're doing. I support what you're doing. I'm backing you. I'm there for you. I love that. Thank you so much for that. And by extension, you know that you're supporting our current senior pastor in this transition process. See, because he and I have been glued to hip to hip through this whole thing. Everything that I, I, I'm, I'm telling you today, I've shared with him. I've bounced off of him. We've shared ideas and concepts and so by supporting me in this, you're supporting your senior pastor and your bishop. Okay? So this is our leadership structure after my part. Brother Kylie, as I said, he'll assume the role of bishop. He really is now. Let's just be honest. He is our mentor and our overseer and our leader, and he holds the office of bishop and, of course, our pastor emeritus. Now, another great development is my good bud, Pastor Steve, who, he and I have some amazing connections over the years, too. I remember when I first came here, it wasn't, I don't think we were here maybe a year when, and you and Sister Lisa were moving down from Sheboygan Falls. And God spoke to me, I remember, and said, you need to go and help. And I got involved with whatever, whatever was going on with that moving crew, and I just felt compelled. I needed to support the man of God. And I knew there was a transition that was happening there. And I went. And I think Brother Barningham provided a truck, and we got that move done in a day, and, and it was fun. We had a blast, but I got to know brother and sister Kylie, Lisa, and Steve, and I developed a connection with them, and we've, we've been together on several occasions, prayed together, worked together uh, here at the church. Of course, I've been on, on full-time here for five years, so we've had a lot of good interactions and a lot of good things, and so brother Steve has honored us by taking on a role of what we're going to call family care pastor, and there'll be more information about that as it rolls out. But Brother Steve is our elder, and he's been in the ministry many, many years as well. I think 35 total? 41, okay. I had my math wrong. And um, he, he got some, we got some information and material from Brother Soto about the family care pastor role. Brother Soto's uh, mom and dad carry that role, and he read that over and called me up and said he would be honored to do that. And of course, I was very honored that, that he would be willing to do that as well. And so I'm really excited to, to continue to work with my good bud, Pastor Steve. We were sitting in the office yesterday just talking about ministry and talking about things that we're dealing with and, and all that's going on in the world. And, and I, I appreciate those times very much. So, Pastor Steve, I honor you today as well. Thank you very much for accepting that role. So, I mean, what more could a guy ask for to have in support, and that's a wonderful thing. So let's move on to our leadership structure now. So what I began to do then is I approached the pastor board and I, the trustees, and within our bylaws and within the church structure uh, in the UPCI, we have the ability to raise up pastor leaders uh, in our churches. Uh, they don't have to be licensed. They can be, but we can raise up leaders and appoint them uh, to position of leadership to support the pastor. 
Now, some of them aren't, are, well, one is licensed and will be, will be referred to as pastor. The others we would not necessarily call pastor, but they are pastor leaders because the title re- really represents a shepherding or an oversight. And so I began to seek God over this process, working with the pastor boards, Brother Mike and I and Brother Kylie and Brother Steve, and started really looking at this structure vision that God gave me. And now the really fun story about that is I had the structure in my mind and in my heart and Brother Kevin Marty and Brother Mike Meyer and Michael and I went over to Brother Marty's business and I said, okay, guys, help me with this. I've got this hurricane going on in my brain and I really want to get this out on paper and so, or out, out, out of my mind. And so Brother Marty has this massive whiteboard uh, in his office and he, he said, okay, let's do it. And we sat there and I think for about two hours over some sandwiches, we sat down and we structured this. It's probably really hard to see, but this is a picture of Brother Marty's whiteboard and there's all these different sketches and ideas and they just let me get up there and just spill my heart out. And we sat up there and we drew categories and see, God gave me this vision of the church from east to west and I saw categories. I saw sanctuary ministries and that we impact people in multiple ministries right here in the sanctuary. And then I saw our, what we are now calling our impact ministries, which is our guest and our greeting and our hospitality. That's a really important one. That's a first and impression place, right? And then we have our building administration. We have our student ministries. We have discipleship ministries, and we have our outreach. And so as I started sketching all this stuff out, I wasn't locked down or married to any one particular idea necessarily, and so they began to feed wonderful ideas, and we started kind of moving things around and trying to be more logical. And at the end of the evening, we had this crazy mess on the board here, and Brother Brother Marty took a snapshot of it and sent it over to me and said, all right, put it into action. That's your vision. Do it. And so I did. So the first appointment that I have, and this is for our, past, our sanctuary ministries, I wanted a pastor here that was going to help me with everything that goes on inside this room, things that are going to impact the people that are here to be ministered to. And within these ministries, we have, of course, our music ministry, we have our deaf ministry, we have our, our uh, sound and projection and production and so forth. And so I have asked and I have appointed Pastor Rob Meyer as our sanctuary pastor. Pastor Rob, would you, would you come up? So you're going to have a seat right here, partner. So Brother Meyer and I got together, and now he's, he's just in a transition in himself, and he and Sister, Sister Miranda have come. And, and uh, obviously, and Brother Meyer and I actually have worked together over time. We worked together at junior camp. And, uh, and he is a licensed minister in the UPCI. But we got together and shared some great conversations and just had a wonderful time. Those of you that are at the leadership retreat know that he was a wonderful support to me there as I was casting vision before our leaders. And so I'm really, really honored that Pastor Rob has agreed to be our sanctuary pastor. And so we started taking that crazy picture that I had out there and all of that mess that was on the board and we created these. Thank you, buddy. And, and so this, these will be posted out there. I know you're not all going to be able to see them, but this lists all the ministries in, in, in the sanctuary, and Pastor Rob is going to be the shepherd of those ministries. Now, we have a, point, a position called Director of First Service. You don't know what that is yet. We don't have a director. I'll explain that at, at, uh, shortly. We have our music director, Sister Angela Matson. Go ahead and stand up, Angela. We have our prayer directors, and these folks have been appointed officially, that we have our prayer directors. Brother and Sister Dretzka, our Monday night prayer, family prayer, if you guys want to stand. <laughs> Brother and Sister Brown, Aaron and Lauren, are our Friday night directors of prayer. 
We have our director of production who's going to handle all of our technical stuff and all kinds of neat and wonderful things that we're going to roll out as we're moving forward here very shortly. He's standing on a chair back there, Brother Aaron Courtney. And then our director of sound and projection who's going to put a team together. And I was really happy that, that we got a chance to talk about that the other day, Brother Jeff Matson. So our next area is our impact ministries. And we really talked about first impressions and all the stuff that this, this really means. And, and so we were going back and forth and, and, uh, and I really saw something. And of course, I've been serving with Brother Mike Meyer for, for several years now on the board. And of course, we just have a good time. We've hunted together and all those things. But I see a guy here and I've heard in bits and pieces over the course of time, Brother Mike Meyer has a tremendous passion for our impact ministries. And so he has been appointed our pastor of impact which is all of our greeting services, guest services, uh, our hospitality suite. And so those awesome banners that you see out there. Yep, all those awesome banners that you see out there were the, were the brainchild of Brother Meyer. And he said, hey, we've got this new live, learn, live, and love process and everything. And we tied it all together with the new vision and, and he put those together, and I think they're wonderful. And so in, in Brother Meyer's uh, ministry group, we have our, our director of greeting and guest center, and that's Brother Dennis Matucci, who's right here. We have our director of ushers, Brother Joe Thorpe, who's hiding in the back door back there. Our director of hospitality is yet to be filled, but I understand we have something, someone that's very interested, and uh, I'm very excited about that, but I won't reveal that just yet, just to make sure we have our commitment. And then our director of safety is Brother Ben Barningham, who I saw. He's floating around somewhere. Next ministry group is our discipleship pastor. Oops, I think I mixed them up. Brother John Matson. Oh, I did it right. John and I have been great friends since he was about knee high and a good buddy of mine. And, and I don't know anybody that is a greater study and a deeper passion for doctrine and the word of God. Very passionate. We have lots of awesome long conversations over the last several years talking about doctrine, talking about the word of God, sharing with one another, routinely texting back and forth even unto yesterday, last night, something about the second coming. And um, it's always been a great joy to just, you know, really get, get into it with him and study and learn. And he's, he's challenged me to learn. And so I'm very excited to have Brother Matson as our discipleship pastor. Now, uh, his group, of course, is our uh, Bible studies director. Uh, Brother Joel Meyer, who's accepted that position, has been appointed. Is he here this morning? Yep, there he is. Brother Joel Meyer. Our director of foundations class, which is brother and sister Barningham, in the back row there. <laughs> then we have our Jonathan project director, brother Kevin Marty. Our newly appointed, and I'm very excited uh, about our new men's minister, brother Bill Hemingway, is accepted. And then our ladies' ministry director, Sister Eliza Carlson. She in the room. Knowing her, she's been in the back preparing the luncheon. That's how she is. <laughs> All right, next slide. I'm moving along very quickly, folks. 
Uh, building administration, we have to have somebody that's taking care of this massive monolith of building. Uh, I've been doing it for many years and will continue to be a part of that. But someone who's already been on this job just doesn't have the official role and the empowerment and the authority and the accountability and, and all the title and everything that goes with it is Brother James Bigley. Now I will tell you this, Brother Bigley, in the time that I've been here as administrator and on into pastoring, Brother Bigley is passionate about the care of God's house. He is very diligent. He works a full-time job that's very strenuous and very, very challenging, but he is always here. He's fixing things, changing light bulbs. He's, he's uh, taking care of stuff that's broken. He orders things for me. He just takes care of all of that stuff on the day-to-day. And what I love about it, it isn't just a job for him. He's really passionate about it. There are 32 furnaces in this building that have multiple schedules of filter changes, and he is on top of it all the time. So Brother, Bill, Brother Bigley's area is going to be uh, listed here, and so we now have a director of our skilled trades and Smith's team, and that's Brother Matt Carini. He's right on over there. So our Smith's team, I take that from the Second Kings. I preached a message not too long ago, where are the Smith's? Uh, obviously referring to the term that's used in Scripture. There's stone Smith's and copper Smith's and all that stuff, gold Smith's. And, and so I got together with this team of guys and I said, you guys are already taking care of the church. I want to assemble you as a team. We're coming up with a cool logo. There's going to be hats and t-shirts and we're going to have a great time because these guys at their own cost take care of the church. Brother Rich Gruber is constantly here fixing the furnaces. Brother Matt Lowersdorf, Brother Bigley, uh, Brother Bill Hemingway has done work on the church. And if I'm missing anybody, shout it out. But we have a great team of, of Smiths, tradesmen, Brother Matt Carini, He's responsible for the LED changeover in here and in the foyer that's saving us hundreds of dollars a month in electrical costs. These guys do most of this stuff absolutely at no cost to the church. And they should be appreciated and loved and we're going to take care of them every year. They're going to have their own special dinner. <laughs> Next pastor appointed is Brother Ron Matucci. Um, he and Sister Matucci are now leading what we are calling our student ministries department, and that's the west wing of the building. So they've got uh, the youth. Uh, Brother Kyle and Sister Brianna are on a trip right now, so they couldn't be here today. Uh, then our children's church leaders, Sister Bigley in the back, along with Sister Matucci, Sister Jenny Matucci, and I think she's out helping. Oh, that's right. What am I thinking? She's running my PowerPoint. <laughs> yeah, where is she? I don't see her anywhere. Um, and then finally, we have an open spot in student activities. I'm looking at the wrong one. At student activities, and what that's going to be is some things that we do, weekend activities, things that we can do, and possibly a person to run a future rental uh, when we rent the gym out and things like that. We could really use somebody that's on top of that. Most of the time, it's youth-based activities and sports events, and so we're looking for someone in that area as well. Okay? And then our last pastor appointed, Brother Michael Kiley. So Brother Kylie has been appointed and has a passion for our outreach ministries. Right now we're, we're titling Celebrate Recovery Ministries under that food pantry. Celebrate Recovery, Brother and Sister Brown. Are they in the room today? I didn't say, okay. Oh, that's right. Brother Brown's mom turned 89 and he's spending time with his mom today. So he texted me and said to, that he wouldn't be here. But we also have our food pantry ministry. Director now is Brother Dave Zielinski. 
who's been working in that capacity. Now you see something on there, uh, and we don't have directors yet. We have something called life groups, and that's something that's going to be coming in the near future, so hang tight for that. But we're going to have some things that are really more outreach-oriented uh, that I think you're really going to like. We're doing the research on it right now, and we don't want to take on too much. Again, clarity, focus, alignment, and movement. So then we, we're looking for a director of promotions. And then, I'm really, really happy about this. I'm very excited, but we have recently appointed Sister Deb Nell is our Director of Deaf Ministries. <laughs> Sister Nell uh, is very, very passionate about reaching the deaf community and the lost. She's, she's at every event. She's at every conference. If you go to Midwinter, she's there. You go to camp, she's there. She attends the deaf conferences. She is very, very dedicated to this ministry, and we felt it was a natural opportunity for her uh, to be recognized and to be raised up. And then I believe Sister Brittany uh, Hickey is going to be serving as an interpreter for meetings and purposes, and so she'll partner with Sister Deb uh, so that she can conduct a director role. Okay, now I just want to just be very clear in, in terms of how this is all going to operate. Now, so each one of these pastors, these guys are shepherds over these group. They're, they're really going to work with me directly in each of their areas as we begin to carry out vision and purpose and the things that we're doing, things are going to change, opportunities are going to come, the church is going to grow. And so we're being able to work with them, as, as, as Moses' father-in-law said to him, they're going to help me not to get too weary. And so their job is really going to be to facilitate what these folks are doing in their director roles. And so each one of the directors are going to have their opportunity to have vision and purpose and their own take ownership of, of their ministry with the support of their pastor, leader, and, and myself. And so the way the, the, the alignment process moves then, so, so for example, here's discipleship, and we know we wanna move people through that process. So it's gonna be John's role, and he's working with me to make sure that we know who's, how many are in Bible studies, how many things are going on, and that these things are being moved through. How many are here? When are they gonna be done? Are they going into discipleship? And we're gonna monitor those things. Like I said, we're gonna live and operate and minister with intent and purpose. We're not just going to show up and say, this is what we do, this is, isn't it great, and just enjoy church. We're going to do all of that too, but see, God is calling us to a place of intentional living. And we've got to raise the bar. We've got to look for excellence in what we're doing. We just have to, folks. The time is too short. There is too much of a desperate need in our communities to be reached. And so God has put these men on my heart to partner with them and with Pastor Kylie and Pastor Steve and myself as we move forward in this vision. And so each of these directors are now gonna be afforded empowerment, authority, thank you, and accountability to begin to conduct their ministries and let God, let them shine. And there's more opportunities. If you're out there and you're feeling, I know several people have approached me, they've got things that God is putting on their hearts, we're gonna explore those opportunities. We're gonna give you the chance to see what God is doing in your heart. What is God giving you to do in the kingdom? What is he impressing on you right now? I want to be a part of something. I want to commit to the kingdom. I want to be effective for the work of God. What's happening in your heart? And that's what this is all about, is it's structure providing that for you. We're almost wrapped up here, folks. I thank you so much for how patient you've been. But I said I felt this was so critical. So as I began to look at this process and, and why God gave me this structure and how all these things come together, Really, essentially, what, what it was was a vision of a net. Because if these boards are all together, side by side, 
They're a grid, up and down and side to side. They form, as you see on the picture there, a net. And as Jesus began to talk to me about this and really impress on me, what he was saying is, is you're doing all the right things. The ministries are coming together. We're a wonderful church. All of you folks embrace visitors. You're kind to people. You're working hard in your ministries. And people have said, well, Brother Corda, why aren't the people coming? And I prayed about it, and God said, well, you're not quite ready yet. See, because we had some fish that were slipping out of the net. There were some holes in the net. That's okay. It's part of growth. It's part of the progression. It's part of where God's taking us. But what he said was, if we put this together, we put this grid together, it essentially becomes a net. We're to be fishers of men, right? And so no matter where the people fall, in whatever ministry you see up here, if they show up in children's church or they end up in a Bible study or if they come to ladies' events or they they get affected by coming to men's breakfast, wherever they fall in the net, they're not going to slip through. We've got somebody that's going to catch them. We've got somebody that's going to embrace them. We've got a leader that's going to grab a hold of them. They're going to be caught in the net and we're going to stop losing the fish through the holes in the net. And then the last couple of pieces, and I'm, I'm going to be done for today. Go ahead, sister. Very soon, we're going to be forming our Wednesday night service into what we call community night. We're forming connect groups. We have many in place already. We're referring to them as connect groups. We're going to have a home Bible study program going on, led by Brother Joel Meyer. We already have our teens class operating. We have Joshua Men, a mentoring class that Brother Kylie's conducting. We have our Power Hour group from the Sunday School Department. Foundations class, Brother and Sister Barningham are going to be kicking that up. It's going to run on a continuous cycle. So when people come out of Bible study, we know that we can get them right into a class that following Wednesday. Joshua Men is going to be operating. Jonathan Project is going to be operating. But God is going to provide for us opportunity to begin to provide ministries that are centric to people's specific needs. They're going to reach out to us. They're going to know that there's things that are available because, folks, I want you to be able to, if you have a hard time inviting people to church on a Sunday morning because it's just intimidating for you, I have a real struggle with that. It's so intimidating because of the way we worship and we praise, and I want people to think we're strange. Okay, you know what we can do? We can give you a second-level item that you can go out and you can share with your community. You can say, hey, we've got these awesome connect groups at our church, and I know that your mom passed away, and Sister Kylie's working on a grief counseling program right now, but what if you go to a neighbor and say, hey, I know you're hurting, I know you're grieving. We've got this wonderful grief counseling class at our church. Why don't you join us Wednesday night and see what you get out of that? And then we've got an opportunity to get them in the net and begin to share the word of God with them because all of these things are going to be word-centric. We're going to be sharing the word of God, but we're going to be essentially projecting the word of God to these folks and who God is. See, that's what our job is. Our job is to, so people see God through us. And what a way to do that by bringing in a guest and loving on them and appreciating them and connecting with them. And that's why it's called Connect Groups, you see? So that'll be announced very, very shortly. We're putting all the schedules together. We want to make sure everything is in line and ready to go before we launch. Okay, next one. Sunday mornings. Sunday morning prayer services, first, third, and fifth Sunday. We don't have a tremendous amount of response to that. We don't have a lot of population here. And I'm not convicting anybody. This isn't about that. But here's what we're going to do. Formerly known as family prayer, we're going to what we call our 10-10-10 service. Every other Sunday, 1st, 3rd, and 5th, was our family prayer service. We had about 20, 30 people that would come in. 
You folks that have not been here, I'm simply just going to say this. You have missed some tremendously powerful prayer. We, have had, we had a blowout prayer service about two weeks ago in here on 9 o'clock on Sunday morning, and it was awesome. And what it's doing is it's beginning to affect the 10 o'clock service because I was the preacher that day. And I can tell you I felt a boldness and an anointing. That thing affected me, and it affected the atmosphere in this church. And here's what I want to challenge you with. You can take 10 minutes. Come on, you can get here at 9.15. We're going to do 10 minutes of powerful corporate prayer. we got a whole list of folks that we're going to reach out to that we hope that you'll help us with in leading corporate prayer. Just 10 minutes, that's all. You can do that. You can stand up here and pray with the rest of us, right? And then we're going to go into 10 minutes of a personal, passionate devotional. Something from the Word of God. Brother Kylie does it already right now. He gets up and he reads some Word. But we want to get passionate. We want to share something positive with you. And after that... Personal prayer, just 10 minutes at a time, three segments, 10 minutes long, to make our 10 o'clock services guest-centric, evangelism-oriented, and outreach-minded. Because if you get us juiced up in here, if you get the Spirit of God moving in here with powerful prayer, it's going to carry over into that 10 o'clock service, and we're going to see people filled with the Holy Ghost right here at this altar. And then last piece I have for you, on a quarterly basis, we're going to do what's called a launch pad luncheon. Anybody that's been in the church for a year or less, and if you're in here today, see me about it, but the pastor leaders and myself are going to have little cards that we're going to hand out to folks. Been here a while. We want to get them connected. And so the leaders are going to be invited to come, and they're going to serve our guests at the launch pad luncheon. Anybody that's been here a year or less, hasn't really connected very well. Maybe there's a few other choices that we make uh, in, in, in who we invite. But we're going to bring them in, and we're going to serve them, and we're going to love them, and we're going to thank them for being here. Because that message on there says, now that you're part of the crew, we want to celebrate you. And we're going to embrace our visitors. We're going to start this thing outright. If somebody's been here for a little while, and it appears they're kind of sticking around, we want to make sure that we want them to stick around for a long, long time. And so we're going to invite them to that luncheon. And so leaders are going to be asked to come. Just bring a little something. We'll do a little potluck like we're doing today. But we're going to serve them. I'll be the first in line. I'll serve. I'll bring them water. I'll bring them butter. I'll scoop stuff for them. I don't care. But I'm going to love those visitors, those new people, those new guests. And I'm going to say, I'm so thankful that you're here. I want you to be a part of the family. And I'm going to give them a big hug. Quarterly basis, we're going to do that. I don't have it in the notes, and we're wrapped up. You can stand this morning. I know it's been a long time. It's going on noon. I've been going about 47 minutes or so. I know this is a lot to absorb. We're going to continue to communicate it. We'll share with you. But as we monitor these ministries and we look at the numbers, and we'll let you know, and we'll, we'll stay on top of that. We should know. And as we move people through discipleship and as we share with them and as we reach out to our community, this is going to be our message. This is what abundant life is to the Economawak and Lake Country area. Every piece is going to have that message on it. It's going to say abundant learning, abundant living, abundant love, abundant life. That's our message to the community. We have an elders council that we're forming. I've nominated Brother Cliff Matson to lead that elders council. I think it's extremely important that every generation make sure to honor the generation before them. They have a tremendous amount of experience, wisdom, and the word of God. 
anointing. And so I've asked Brother, Brother Matson to, to form the elders council. We can meet on a uh, particular basis that they define, observe, and share, bring to the table things that they see, things that we can do better, things that they know from wisdom. I will never turn away from the former generation in, in, in this church. I respect them far too much. Most of them are be my best friends. And I appreciate that Brother Matson, who is very, very close to me, very special to me, a father figure to me from the time I was 12 years old and still serving alongside of me. And, uh, and I was proud to ask him to be a part of that. And so he is stepping up uh, to form that council. We have other things that we want to roll out. There's other things that God will direct us to do. But this is the vision that he gave us. This is the structure and the purpose and the, the intent. And I challenge everyone. Let's raise the bar. Let's live and minister with excellence. Let's love one another like never before. But every time you walk in this building, operate with intent. Look for that new face. Love and embrace and share. And God is going to flow and he is going to move. And we're going to see many, many people saved at this altar. Jesus name Lord again we're so very thankful Lord God for all of you've gone to guide and direct us Lord Jesus the covering that you've given this church Lord as you've transitioned us Lord into a new vision a new place Lord and I pray that all of these things be amongst your will Lord God that we not veer that we not get off base Lord God that you continue to guide us thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast we pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and we'll continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.